Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. When the wife is loved in this way, she will submit to and be respectful of her husband. Because again, I, you'll forgive the crass way that I say this, but that's the way God wired her. She'll respond that way because God made her that way. But here's the problem. The husband says, I'm not going to love her until she respects me. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians, Paul clearly lays out for us the things required of a husband and wife for a successful marriage. Taking on this sometimes controversial scripture, Pastor J.D. helps us understand that if the man truly adheres to the rules which God has set out before him, his wife will likely fall into her God-given role. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 5 with part one of his message, Husbands, Love Your Wives. Let's get into the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Our text will be verses 25 through 33. Beginning in verse 25, the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is writing and says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, verse 28, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And by the way, that's an interesting word. Some of your translations render it cleave. It carries with it the idea of be welded to. How about that? And the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. Everything heretofore has been to the husbands. And then Paul says to the wife, and the wife must respect her husband. That's it. That's all he says to the wife. Just respect 
your husband. You know, this is self-explanatory. Let's just close in prayer. We'll get right to the... No? All right. So (laughs) my wife had suggested that... Why are you laughing? (laughs) You didn't hear what she suggested yet. (laughs) She suggested that this be a multi-part series and teachings on husbands loving their wives, uh, to which I simply said, no need. We're going to do it. (laughs) No, just let's, uh, we're going to do this. All right. Are you with me, husbands? You can't leave. Security has locked the front doors. You cannot leave until we're through with what God has for us here. So this passage of Scripture is actually my go-to text whenever I do a wedding. And the reason I choose it is because of the emphasis, the onus, if you will, being on the husband loving their wives. During the wedding ceremony, I like to point out that Paul says to the husband three times in nine verses to love his wife. Then he only says, and I counted him, seven words to the wife. And it's actually only in half a verse. And he tells her after saying all of this to the husband to respect her husband. So thankfully for us as husbands, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, explains the way we're to love our wives and perhaps even more importantly, the how were to love our wives in this way. First, the way. The way we as husbands are to love our wives. And by the way, when we fully understand the way we're to love our wives, it will drive us to the how by virtue of the impossibility of loving them this way, in and of ourselves. And I'll explain why that is. The word that Paul uses for love is the Greek word agape. And it's one of four different words in the original language of the Greek New Testament for love. In English, we only have one word, and it's love. But in the Greek there are four words, one of which is the Greek word eros. It's where where we get our English word for erotic. And this is a physical love. It's a sensual love. It's a sexual love. And so another word is the word storge, And this is a love of natural affection that 
a child has for a parent and a parent has for a child. Different kind of love. And then there's another word for love, and it's the word philia. Uh, it's a brotherly love. It's where we get the name for the city Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And it's a love that we have one for another. So in English, we would say, I love my brother. I love my wife. I love my children. And there's virtually no delineation. I mean, we know the difference, but in the Greek, we would say it this way. I eros, my wife, I philia, my brother, I storge, my children. And then when you get to this word agape or agape, what you're saying is that this is an unconditional love. And this is the love that God has for us. In that while we were yet sinners, God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. This is an unconditional love. There are no conditions, no preconditions. It is not predicated upon anything. It's just this unconditional love no matter what. Now, we have a problem here because when we understand it as agape love, we sort of are prone to see it as being out of reach. The truth is that this love is in reach for husbands, and here's why. It's the same word that the apostle John uses concerning the love that one can have for this world and the things of this world. First John chapter 2, I'll read verses 15 through 17. He says, do not love the world. Guess what? That's agape. Do not agape love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Not only did John use this word agape, but so too did the Savior himself in John's Gospel chapter 3. And this is in the context of one of the most famous passages, if not the most famous passage in all the Bible. For God so loved the world, John three sixteen, that he sent his only begotten Son. Well, in verse 18, Jesus continues and says, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and, listen, men loved agape. Agape love. Darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Now, why do I point this out? Because, and think this through with me, 
if we're capable of this kind of love for the world and the things of the world, then that means we're also capable of this kind of love when it comes to loving our wives. However, absent the Holy Spirit, a husband has no hope of loving his wife in this way. This is why it is that context is of paramount importance. You have to understand that Paul is talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is how he couches this in terms of the filling with, the baptism with, if you prefer, the Holy Spirit, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. That's the foundational principle and truth from which everything else that he says here on out comes and is built upon. So again, I say it, and I hope you don't tire of me saying it, But as husbands, we have no hope absent the power of the Holy Spirit to love our wives in this way. It's not going to happen. Try as we may. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us and enables us to love them this way. And actually, that's the how. It's when we understand it in this way that we're better able to tackle the text that's before us. Because Paul, in three ways, different ways, says to love your wives, husbands. The first way, love her as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. So it's kind of humorous. And uh, when I'm doing a wedding, I, I sort of put the husband on the spot. You know, after I'm, uh, you know, commenting on and expounding upon the text, here he's, you know, just looking at his beautiful bride and she's looking into his eyes. And I just look at him and I say, look at me. (laughs) And uh, he looks at me and I say, listen to me. And he listens to me. And I say, "Uh, how are you going to love her that way? That's kind of a tall order, isn't it? As Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. How are you going to do that? I had one husband, in fact, recently, was on the North Shore, look at me and say, I do love her that way. I said, oh, how? Well, the how is the Holy Spirit. It's been said that the how of the Holy Spirit enables us to do the what of his holy word. And that's how. That's the only way <laughs> that we're able to. Now, how does Christ love the church? Well, greater love had no man than he laid down his life for another. He cares for his church. He loves his church. He's given himself for his church. And this is the way that Paul says we are to love our husbands, our our wives as husbands. And then secondly, uh, he says we're to love them as we love our own body. Wow. I, I have yet to meet a guy that wasn't into how he looked. You know, so when he walks by a, you know, window and there's a reflection, he's kind of, you know, sucking it in, checking it out, you know. 
or when, you know, yeah. or when you you know have pictures taken and you know you show somebody or tag somebody, the first thing you're looking at is, did I suck it in in time? <laughs> How do I look? <laughs> right? I mean, come on, guys, we we take care of our bodies, right? I mean, our our, our we we clothe them, thank God, right? I mean, we get up, we look in the mirror, and, you know, we, we take care of the hair that shouldn't be there. We shave. We lament the hair that used to be there. <laughs> that's not there anymore. I mean, we care for our bodies. We're into caring for and nourishing, especially this area of nourishing. We feed our bodies, yeah? Especially when it comes to prime rib, yeah? In Jesus' name, man. (laughs) That's what Jesus is uh, requiring us to do as husbands. And this is what Paul is exhorting us to do, is to love them as we love and care for our own body. And then third, which sort of dovetails into it, we're to love them as we love ourselves. Now what does that mean? Well, it's the greatest commandment anyway, isn't it? It's summed up, the whole of the law is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, body, and to love your neighbor as yourself. But I think it's further than that, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Okay, the husband is the beneficiary of a loved wife, right? So, Not just love her as you love yourself, love her if you love yourself and because you love yourself. In other words, if you love her in this way, guess what? (laughs) Happy wife, happy life. Or as one said it, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. No, right? A a wife loved in this way, are you not as the husband going to be the recipient of, I mean, the best that God has designed for the marriage and intended the marriage to be? If we love ourselves, we'll love our wives. Because we ourselves are the beneficiaries of that love. Because of how God has wired the wife to respond to us when we love them in that way. Now, I realize that this might seem simplistic, but it's my belief and it's also my own personal experience having been married to my beautiful wife for 30 years, that when a husband, see I can get away with saying whatever I want because she doesn't come till second service. So if you want to stick around, actually don't stick around because, you know, I asked her, I said, are you feeling okay, honey? You don't have to come to church today. It's not necessary. She said, no, I'll be there. I'll be there. So anyway, um, but it's been my experience that when a husband loves his wife in this way, he makes marriage problems go away. I know that sounds kind of dorky, but it's true. I'm not saying all marriage problems. I mean, let's be honest, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. But you can have a great marriage. So all of those problems are typically in the periphery. 
if I can say it that way. Because when you peel back all the layers, what you'll find at the core is a husband who's not loving his wife the way that God intended him to love his wife. And then the wife in turn cannot respond to the husband the way that God intended the wife to respond to the husband. That's not a good marriage. That's a very bad marriage. They have a word for it, you know, sadly. You know what the word is? Divorce. Oh, come on, let's, let's get honest and let's get real here. The statistics for Christian marriages are exactly like the statistics for non-Christian marriages. And I don't want to go there, but they're heartbreaking. And, and keep in mind, there is a, ah, for lack of a better way of saying it, a satanic component of sorts. Because Satan hates marriage. Why does Satan hate marriage? Because of what marriage represents. It's a microcosm of our relationship with Jesus Christ as our bridegroom and us as the bride. The bride of Christ. And he hates marriage because of what marriage represents. So, again, I let me maybe say the same thing in a different way. You brought here with you today problems in your marriage. And I'm suggesting to you, humbly suggesting to you, that those problems could go away if you love your wife, husband, in this way. The onus is on you. I want to talk about that more in in just a moment. See, When the wife is loved in this way, she will submit to and be respectful of her husband. Because again, you'll forgive the crass way that I say this, but that's the way God wired her. She'll respond that way because God made her that way. But here's the problem. The husband says, I'm not going to love her until she respects me. Okay. How's that working out for you, by the way? (laughs) Just, you don't have to raise your hands. I I already know how that's working out. (laughs) I I tried that. And then you got the husband saying, I'm not going to love her until she respects me. But here's the wife over here going, I'm not going to respect him until he loves me. Oh, that's a problem. I'll tell you what else that is. Pride. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to learn more about the Apostle Paul's letter, we encourage you to continue reading ahead. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truths and promises contained in its verses to you. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. on this book by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Listen online or download these teachings to have available anytime. We've created a mobile app for Apple and Android devices too, so you can take Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you on the go. Download from your app store or find a link at inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. 
Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to catch the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website and click on the YouTube link. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. We'd love to have you join us as we praise the Lord and learn from His Word. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. That's all we have time for today. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share with us from Ephesians when you join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth Radio. Holy me to 